Welcome to the Business Connections Podcast, where we help you connect the dots in your business. In business, we make connections every day. We connect with customers, we connect with partners and providers, we connect ideas, we even connect problems with solutions. Without connections, nothing happens. Listen in as we connect you with some of the best minds in business and share the secrets behind their success. And now, here are your hosts, Melanie Colling and Brett Jarman. So, welcome to Experts on Air podcast. Today, we're speaking with Ingrid Verkerman. Um, welcome, Ingrid, to um, Experts on Air podcast. It's really lovely to have you uh, here with us today. Oh, thank you. Um, I wanted to start out, I'm so fascinated with your story um, and understand that you're originally from Belgium and now living in New Zealand. So I just wanted to ask you, how did that all come about um, and a little bit about the background to that? Well, in Belgium, before we came to New Zealand, I was working as a psychotherapist and I also was quite uh, involved with the spiritual healing. And there was this conference in Den Haag, in the Netherlands, where all these spiritual people came together. And the fascinating thing was that they were talking about the map of the future and how everything is going to change in Europe. Uh, Very bad times will come. And there were a couple of places in the world where it was really safe. And the only spot I could remember when I went home was New Zealand. (laughs) So when I arrived home, I said to my husband, you know what, between now and 10 years, we really have to emigrate to New Zealand because Europe will be so bad. You can't believe it was going to happen there. We have to get out here. We didn't know where New Zealand was. We had to go to the library to, to find out what type of people were living there, what kind of language did they speak. So, oh yeah, okay, it's near um, Australia, that's great, and they speak English. Well, we think we can manage that to learn English, yeah, that can be not so difficult. So that's where it all started, the idea. And then everything happened very, very fast for us. Um, my husband had to go to Dusseldorf to a trade show where he presented a little machine, uh, part of a bigger one, how to make pancakes. And uh, I was working, of course, as a psychotherapist, and then I had an accident, and I was unable to work for three months. So I sat there at home. My husband came back from Dusseldorf and said, you can't believe what happens now. There are people from Sydney, Australia, and they want my demo machine so i have to send it and in three months it will arrive there and i suggest that we would go to new zealand because you want to live in new zealand and see how it is and then we go to sydney for a week we assemble and we come back he also had a new zealander on the stand in dusseldorf and that person gave his uh, business card and said that he was just an ordinary baker, was not interested in pancakes. But the fact that my husband talked about, oh, my wife wants to visit New Zealand. He said, (laughs) okay, you can come and visit me. It can be nice. So three months later, the time was there. It was at that moment, January 99. And we went to New Zealand for two weeks. And we ended up with this baker in Manaya. And 
it happens to be the second biggest bakery in New Zealand. Wow. <laughs> and and uh, that man said, if you want to immigrate to New Zealand, what is it that you're going to do? Well, we don't know. Huh? Why don't you make pancakes? Yeah, but I'm not a baker. My husband said, I, I en- I'm an engineer. I, I'm a machine. <laughs> and I'm a psychotherapist. No, no, no. He said, bring that demo machine from Sydney here and you come back and demonstrate how we have to make pancakes and see whether the New Zealanders will love it. And indeed, we went back to Belgium and then later on, we came to New Zealand. That machine was set up in his bakery. We had everything, the ingredients were there. Now, start making pancakes. We made pancakes for two weeks. (laughs) He invited the suppliers. We talked to the suppliers. And this man was so inspiring that we followed his idea. And the last three days in New Plymouth, we, we bought a piece of land. We had an architect, we had uh, a lawyer, we had an accountant. Actually, we had everything. We had even uh, a draft already from how the factory would look like. So on the plane home, we said, what what are we doing now? Is this real or what? So we came home and we started selling everything that we had and made all the documentation that the New Zealanders needed to get mm-hmm. to enter the country as an investor. And a year later, in February 2000, we arrived in New Zealand and we stayed there. Wow. The, the building was nearly finished. All our machines arrived in April. And then in July, we made the first pancakes. Wow. That's how it all started. That's such an amazing story. <laughs> I love that. So just by putting the idea out there to the universe that I want to live in New Zealand, all that happened. Very fast, one after the other. (laughs) And the thing was because we were first thinking, oh, in five years' time, in ten years' time, we we have to be there. But when we were here, we learned that you have to be here before you get 50. Mm -hmm. Because after 50, they take off points. And oh, okay. because it's a pointing system, you need an amount of points to get in into the country. Right. So that was quite important. Huh? If That's we had waited good. for another five years, it was possible that we will not be allowed to come in. So it all happened for a reason. It is, yeah, indeed. That's cool. And how long did you go on and, and operate that business in New Zealand? Oh, it's still here, huh, the business. I did it uh, for 18 years. And uh, I stopped by the end of January this year as I had appointed, uh, we employed a new CEO to replace me. Mm-hmm. And she started, is also a woman, she started from the 1st of February this mm-hmm. year. And just tell me a little bit about what roles you did in that business. Well, in the beginning, I had no idea what to do. I said, <laughs> okay, I will do the office. I'm not a secretary. But anyway, my husband started fiddling around with his machines because that's his thing. So I had to write a food safety plan. Uh, Little by little, we got staff. I did human resources. I did the marketing and the sales. So for advertisement, that was my job. I knew about that. So I, I did everything. And little by little, we were growing more and more. So after seven years, we entered the Australian market. And then later on, the Asian market. But 
yeah, then you have staff. So I had to look after staff. I have to train staff. I had my own PA. I had to educate people in marketing. Yeah, little by little it grows and, and you learn everything. I went to the school for export to know how to do export and how to investigate the different cultures, the different habits, how to present yourself there in a meeting because in different countries they have they have other habits in meetings that mm -hmm. you can't start talking straight away about what you want to talk about. Sometimes you have to go three, four times with them for dinner before you can start talking business. Yeah. All those type of things you have to learn, huh? Yeah, different cultures. Mistakes, yeah, if you do mistakes, you're out. You cannot afford to do mistakes. Yeah, we did, we did lots of uh, trade shows overseas. Also, that is quite a bit of uh, an investment and organization. Mm. And what made you decide um, to exit out of those roles in that company? It was never my idea to stay so long. I just wanted to help my husband out for a while and then do my own thing. Mm -hmm. But it stretched out yeah, now for 18 years. But when I became 60, I thought, this is enough. I've helped him enough. I, I get out. Mm. And uh, I find somebody to do the marketing. I find somebody to, be, to do uh, the operations. And I was dragged in all the time. And the people that... I got involved with the marketing manager. I wanted them also to take over my other jobs, but nobody wanted to do that. Oh, that's far too much. I only want to do marketing. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I can do it. So I can, no, 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 jolly marketing. So you need three, three or four people to replace you. And every time I was dragged in until I said, yeah, well, why, why is all this? And then, when I talked to people who came to visit me, they said, yeah, but when you are out, who's going to lead this company? Well, my husband is leading the company, not me. Eh? Mm -hmm. Oh, he, he's, he's in the back. He does the production. That was then what I realized, what I was doing. And from that moment onwards, I started thinking differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I said, now I want the title of CEO. And then I can do the changes and I go into the directions that I think is best for the company mm -hmm. and become more a marketing and sales driven company instead of a production plant mm. and for that I needed extra people in the board so I went to Headhunter we found those people and then the next step was then to find the CEO who was emotional intelligent Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was really a point for me. Um, the COO that I employed for two years, he was very good with strategic planning and so on, but no emotional intelligence. And when you do not treat your staff in the right way, they leave. Huh? Mm. So he did a very good job with his strategic planning and mapping everything out. But the woman I found now, through this headhunter, she's really, really good. Mm. So you've really, left it in safe hands. Yeah, I'm very pleased with that. Uh, the, the changes that we were doing over the last two years, like rebranding our products, because we are now spread out with mm -hmm. export, uh, the rebrand, um, the new team, we did really a lot on team building. I hired coaches for certain people. And 
that was a lot, a lot of money involved. Mm-hmm. So the company in figures went down, but now you see the uplift. It, it starts really paying off. And uh, the last couple of months, we are really growing, especially in Singapore. Mm-hmm. So everybody is happy. We make a uh, nice profit. Great. And the um, team is happy. Everything is okay. That's great. What a great story. Um, and just um, so after you stepped out of that role, how did you get started in, in, in what you're doing now? You mentioned that you um, got asked to speak at an event. Well, yeah, I had to speak on an event, but the whole actually it started a little bit earlier than that. Um, I'm a mentor to businesses here. That's something that you do for free uh, to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. And they gathered the mentors around one table so that you get to know the others and you had to introduce yourself. So I did. And the man who was sitting next to me was from a bank. And when it was finished, he said, wow, that was really inspiring what you were saying. Can you not come and talk uh, to the bank? Because we have quite a bit of women working there. Oh yeah, but what, what shall I tell them? Okay, so I produced something with slideshows. Like I was just telling the story of my life. And mm-hmm. with everything that you do in your life, like being resilient or taking the opportunities, that's all qualities of a leader that mm-hmm. I didn't know before, but you do it because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So I made an, oh, that happened in my life. And then I used that leadership uh, attitude. And then I did it. And I, until the day of today, that's what I am. Mm. And I gave them a couple of uh, yeah, self-awareness uh, exercises and so on. So that was a workshop of four hours. Mm-hmm. That was really good. And when I talked to Roger Hamilton, he said, but why don't you brand yourself? That's what you have to do. Eh? That's probably where you're here for. Empower women. That's your niche. Oh, okay then. And later on, I was asked to talk for Ladies Wine and Design. Mm-hmm. And that's where the idea came to start doing panel discussions. Because at Ladies Wine and Design, I was fascinated uh, who, has, who has had the idea to do this, that it spread out over the world through marketing companies who organize a Ladies Wine and Design event where they invite three women to speak to a small audience. Mm-hmm. It happens that it was initiated by a woman in New, in New York. And I thought these Americans, they are so amazing. When they <laughs> had an idea, they think big and they spread it out over the world. So why on earth do I think all the time so small? It's time that I start thinking bigger and I can do the same thing. And I also want to put New Plymouth on the map and New Zealand. And I want to, uh, to organize some panel discussions so that women can learn from it. Mm. And yeah, then I just stepped into it. Eh? I picked up the phone and I rang four women. They all were interested to listen to my idea. We had a meeting. I gave them such a list of questions. You can choose one of the questions or three questions that you like to answer. Mm-hmm. We set a date, we set a topic, we discussed everything, and it started from there. So then I went out to find 
the right location, a meeting room, uh, sponsor for food, for drinks. Uh, I had to organize yeah, the patches. I had to organize a Facebook page, a landing page, uh, some articles in the newspaper. I went to the newspaper to get an interview and I was on the front page. So everything happened, tack, tack, tack. It felt nice in place. Yeah. And before I know, we did it. That's great. That is so great. It's, um, to take all your skills and experience from your previous, you know, role in, in your company and then to apply it to your new idea and, and create that business is, is um, yeah, yeah, amazing to hear. I also think that um, a lot of coaches, they learn psychology or whatever and they start being a coach, yeah? Mm. But I've been a psychotherapist, but I also have been an entrepreneur with a company in food. So these are a rare combination. That's right. And it's so important because coaching is such a broad topic, isn't it? And anyone can call themselves a coach. But, you know, for, for someone to be in there in the trenches and actually understand, you know, everything that they're going through from, you know, both a mind, body, spiritual side, but also from a business entrepreneurial side and putting those two things together yeah. um, and, and then going and, and empowering women on all fronts um, is, yeah, amazing combination. Love it. Okay, so I really love how you're, you've come full circle almost, haven't you, because you're actually coming back to your psychotherapist and spiritual work that you did in Belgium. Um, have you missed doing that work? Um, and is that why you've come full circle? Like when you're in business, you probably use some of that stuff, but you're now you know, bringing that to the forefront, you know, with your business skills and knowledge, but more focusing on the, the spiritual and the psychotherapy stuff. Are, are you enjoying doing that? And did you miss it um, when you're in business? Yes, I missed it, especially in the beginning. And uh, when we were not so busy the first couple of years with the business, uh, I had my workshop in uh, making connections with the soul and, and did meditations. I did the tournaments for Shambhala Reiki and so on. So that was really good. But then when we become more and more busier and I had to travel more, then I gave up on those things. Mm. Uh, and in, the, in our business itself uh, with my staff, I gave them personal development trainings and so on. But that was just with my own staff. And I really, I missed it. Yes, that's mm. true. Yeah. And are you enjoying being back in that space and, and um, taking people on a journey and sharing some of your um, background and, um, yeah. you know, yeah. learnings with, with the people that you're, you're meeting now? Yes. Well, I, I haven't done it actually in 18 years and everything has changed so much. Everything goes now over the internet mm -hmm. and my knowledge, my technical side, <laughs> how to apply everything on the internet, that's really far behind. So for that, I need drastically help yep. to funnel everything and what, what type of apps to use and how to do it. Mm. So I'm, I'm behind on that. That's yeah. And so that's your focus. Um, and when you think of your ideal client or the, the, the women that you most want to impact, who would you say they would be? Is it all women or is there a specific niche 
or type of person that you're really trying to, to impact with this work? I think what I want to impact is the very busy woman who wants to juggle work and life and their own. And they have not enough time in the day because they are busy being busy and they take on more and more. They have a lack of focus. They are, after a while, they are so exhausted that they hardly can breathe and they go into a burnout. Uh, they think they have to be there every single moment of the day, available for everybody. And I, that's the type of person mm. that I want to educate so that they will get more energy and more done in a day and are not so tired mm. that they do not come home and start yelling at their children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so find the focus and also me time and how to do that. So tell us some tips about how you would go about um, doing that with somebody that was feeling that way. Is it a series of things that you would do? Would you do it one-on-one? -on -one? Do you do it in a group? Um, do you do it through your online programs? or And how do you want to do it in the future to be able to, to share that with more people? What I want to do is online courses uh, in little parts. Let's say every month, one course about a certain topic. But the topics, when you add them up, then it, it makes a full course. I want to have uh, my attention to... First of all, the physical body, the mind, emotions, and the spiritual side. Those four, those four bodies has to be in balance. When you have them as a burner and one is overheated, the other one will suffer and you get sick. Mm. And there are a lot of... Um, a lot of titles to say, like how to build confidence, uh, for instance. And I can have an evening that I can speak about it in public. I can also make an online course of it with exercises. I can do workshops. There are lots of possibilities to go around that one topic and then next month another topic. Mm. Uh, going on a Facebook page that is for uh, a closed group where people can interact with each other about that topic. So every month, another topic, so that after 12 months, I have the whole course done. Also, I want to do interviews with people, let's say for the body, uh, how to do your best exercise, um, why is it good for people who are trained to do that. Mm -hmm. having ex and let them speak out because they are experts in that field. So interviewing experts on particular areas. Areas. When yeah. I have a topic and then I go around by interviewing people who knows about that topic a lot because mm. they are experts in it. Yes. Yeah. And so with your, um, your events that you're running uh, with those women in, in your area, are you, how are you finding those people that you want to speak um, to those women and, and finding people on your panel? Are they coming to you? Are you seeking them out? Are you finding people that are in alignment with what you're doing? What's your kind of thinking behind that? The first ones, I just went to them because I know them. Mm -hmm. And then people who attend, the others say that, oh, this one and that one, that will be a good one for you to, uh, to have in your panel. 
And then also I'm networking in different women's groups and you talk to people and you think, yeah, wow, you would be great on my panel. And other people, they come to me and say, if you need somebody, I can do that too, eh? because I've done so and so. Uh, okay, let's talk. So it starts happening that mm -hmm. people are presenting themselves as a person who right. can be in line to be in my panel. And that's really what you want them to do, isn't it? That's to actually stand up and, and say, yeah. hey, look at me, I'm here, you know, yeah. and to, um, you know, step into that power of their own and come and speak and share their knowledge. Yes. That's great that you're giving them that platform, you know, to be able to do that and also, you know, giving them some education and how they can do that more. Yes, indeed. Excellent. And where do you... So how many events have you run today, Ingrid? I started with the first one in March. Yep. I did one in July. And the next one will be in November. Great. So every couple of months you're running them. And have you seen your numbers increase over that time of, through word of mouth and people on your panel? Well, I only have done two. And the second one... I choose probably the wrong date because it was in the middle of school holidays. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, I really want to come, but uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not home. I'm on holiday with the children. Oh, okay. Yeah. So next time I have, you have to, to think of that. Yeah, I have to think <laughs> of that. But um, yes, I had the first time 47 and the second time 37 women. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, and... You said that you've got a Facebook group that you're putting them all in, um, you know, connecting with them there. Um, and then the, your next step is taking it online and getting that um, support behind you for all the technical stuff to, to be able to, to do that and share that with more people. Is your um, mission to empower women all over the world and not just New Zealand by going online? Yes, I was so inspired by Ladies Wine and Design with this new, new York woman that she spread that out all over the world. I thought, well, that's amazing because you can do interviews like you do now with mm -hmm. me, with women on the other side of the globe, yeah? Mm, and we right. can learn from each other because in a certain area they are behind with what we do or we are behind with what they do so you can learn from each other. Mm. And that's the beauty of the internet. Eh? You, you can do a Zoom interview and you can talk to four or five women at the same moment. That's right. Technology is amazing, isn't it? We're so much more connected these days, aren't we, through technology? It's just that you have to learn how to use it. Yeah, that's all right. Plenty of people out there that can help with those sort of things. <laughs> um, in your, one of your websites, it says um, you're a speaker which obviously you do at your events and you speak at other events. Um, and you have your uh, personal story of courage and resilience. Can you share a little bit about um, what that is? Is it part of your business journey or is it, you know, coming from Belgium to New Zealand or is there something else a little bit more behind that? I think there's quite a bit behind it. <laughs> uh, my life is really a roller coaster. I was, I was put on a boarding school when I was nine. Mm -hmm. the Catholic nuns and the Sisters of Love. They had everything except love. <laughs> <laughs> they tried really to break your spirit. I was a very outgoing person. And yes, then they push you between two lines and you're punished for everything. 
So I was on boarding school from 9 till 18. Wow. And, um, and then at the last year of high school, they say I was not able to go to university, not even to higher studies. And I thought, well, what is what's this for nonsense? I really want to go to university. I, w- I want to be free. Mm. But I went to university and I got my master's degree. So uh, You got five master's degrees? No, not five, but at, at that moment I had a master's degree wow. where everybody said I was not even able to do. Uh, so you're proving them wrong. I proved them wrong because I believe in myself. And then I started, uh, it started because I just saw the opportunities coming. People over there, they were asking me whether I could uh, get diamonds and jewelry for them on a cheaper price because I'm from Antwerp. Mm-hmm. So yeah, why, why not? Huh? I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to talk to these diamond uh, handlers and, uh, and diamond traders and yes, I could have diamonds. I they they told me where I could get the gold for. I could have everything on commission, and I start making jewelry. Wow! And I start selling that at university. And the last year, when everybody had their degree, a year later or two years later, they started to get married, and they all came to me for their rings, <laughs> for their jewelry. What a great business! <laughs> and that grow out into gross sales. So I provided um, Belgium and Luxembourg with um, jewelry with lots of diamonds Mm -hmm. until I got a hold up. So a man came in with a gun against my head and uh, I was beaten up quite badly. I ended up uh, in the hospital Mm -hmm. and I lost everything. So all the jewelry was gone and that person he was he was an acquaintance from my husband but my husband has told him everything bragging oh my wife she earns lots of money you know and uh, yes and he came in and he knew exactly where everything was so i was uh, when in the hospital i start thinking about things when he was beating me up I was looking at the man and started repeating the type of watch he was wearing, the color of his eyes, his hair, uh, what kind of uh, clothes he was wearing, so that I could give a detailed message to the police. And uh, then I decided also to leave my husband, Mm -hmm. um, who was involved with all that. Mm. So I ended up with two kids on my own. Wow. How old were your kids, Ingrid? My kids were then five and six. I have two sons. Wow. So I had a divorce. I had uh, a new home. I had to rent a house. I lost all my belongings. I had no job. So that was really a very tough time. And I was beaten up quite badly. So there was a lot for me to heal. All my teeth fell out. They were all loose. They fell just out. I had broken eyebrow, broken cheek, broken ribs. Uh, I got um, kicks in my back. So I had also internal bleedings because my kidneys um, were damaged. Mm -hmm. So that was quite 
a time from a lot of suffering. Mm. I had also a severe uh, concussion because he was beating me with his handcuffs in my face and I bumped every time back to the floor. Wow. So uh, anyway, I survived that. And then I had to start from scratch, from nothing. Mm -hmm. I had to pay rent. I had to, yeah, to move and so on. So I had quite a lot of stressful moments in mm. my life. Yeah. But uh, I, I bounced back. Wow. <laughs> so after a while, when I could walk again, I thought I have to do something. And eh? there must money come in because I have to pay the rent here. Mm. So I went to my friends in Antwerp where I got the jewelry and the diamonds from. And I said, why don't you go to Ostend and do a season that you buy old gold that people bring in old gold oh yeah that's an idea Poof, i drove up to antwerp five hours later i was back at the same at the same man and he said oh are you still in antwerp I said, no i was already up and down from Austin. here is my contract i found uh, a jewelry shop that was closed down and they were looking for somebody to rent it because the lady there goes on a pension yep it's ideal and he said, I can't believe this. So he jumped in the car with me. We drove back <laughs> to Austin because he wanted to see it was on the good spot. It was on the big boulevard in Austin. Ideal. And that's how I started buying old gold. And I did that for a year. And I had money after that year. And wow. I'm going to do something else. And, um, and I thought I'm going to do something with my degree, which is communication. And then I ended up in the advertising world mm -hmm. so, uh, as a sales manager. And a year or two later, I saw in one of these uh, magazines uh, an article about massage and, and aura chakra healing and those type of things. And I thought, hmm, that's quite interesting. I want to follow that. And the point was when I closed my eyes, I could see everything. And wow. I thought, this is an amazing world. <laughs> yeah. And it's so that my journey on the spiritual side also started. Mm -hmm. And I ended up by following classes with um, Maripol Vinke, who later on went to America. And she has now the name Maria Diamond, Mary Diamond. Mm. And she does this Feng Shui thing. Yeah. Okay. So... I followed some two-year classes with her. It was really very interesting. So that's a little bit of my journey of resilience. Every time when I see an opportunity, I do not think about it. I just do it. That's and I don't know how to, but I just do it and it falls in place. You're so, for me, I hear that and so resourceful mm. to say, you know, okay, what's next and how do I get to the next step? And once you have worked that out, you just go and do it and you find any way to make that happen, don't you? I don't know how to do this neither. I'm just doing it and then I'm amazed because you get connected with this one and that one and all of a sudden you do it. Yeah, things happen. Because th these things, it's just you attracted. The fact that you focus and you have the desire to do something the right people will come and sometimes yep. it takes a while because uh, the things that you're learning they have to settle down in your cells and then you think oh i was wrong there i didn't get this i can't i can't really figure out what uh, what i'm doing 
but then all of a sudden it becomes clearer and clearer mm. and you surround yourself with people and they just come. Yeah, they do say that um, clarity comes with action. Yeah, probably you just have to do it. Huh? That's right. Once you get into action, things start happening and people start appearing you know, and you make it happen. And you've done that all through your life with just listening to that little bit of your story. That's amazing. Mm. Really amazing. So where do you see yourself and your new business venture in five years' time? Well, I want to set it up and uh, teach other people how to take it over from me because at this moment I'm uh, 67. So if I'm going to do this for another five years very active, um, I feel that I have not the same energy when I was 45 mm -hmm. or 50. It goes down. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you have to be realistic that, yeah, that you grow older. Huh? Mm. I'm not that fast anymore. And to learn new things on the internet, it's very time-consuming and very difficult for me. Mm. So yeah. I have to surround myself with people who can help me with that. And the things that I know, when I put everything nice in online courses, then you can educate somebody else to take it over from you and to teach the same thing and add on it in their own way mm -hmm. so that the legacy can go on and on. Brilliant. So build your team and educate them to share your message and build it from there. Yeah, that's the idea. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, really lovely. Um, and just going back to when you're in um, the start of your spiritual journey and, you know, um, being a psychotherapist, did you ever think that it would take you where it's taking you now and come full circle? Like when you looked back then to where you are now, would you have envisaged this journey? Uh, and what were you kind of thinking uh, back then that, that you would do? I never would have thought that um, I would run a company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came to New Zealand and I said to my husband, oh, you want to set up this thing? Fine, I can help you for a couple of months, but then I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah? <laughs> and that couple of months become a couple of years and in the end, 18 years. So what you are learning during that time, you don't know, huh? because every day, there is another drop and mm. and in the end yeah you've done things and then people say you're amazing and i think what i what i what is it i just go out and i try to sell pancakes <laughs> and <laughs> you talk to people and uh, you go for awards you go for grants when an opportunity comes up yes i jump on it mm. and sometimes not for the reasons that they think i do it for like for instance to go for an award with the company, our uh, bank uh, manager, he asked me to come for to an evening to listen and perhaps to enter for the awards. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I do that man a favor because it's his job to gather people, to have people there to listen that evening. Mm -hmm. And they will give some finger food and some wine. So I go there just to do him a favor. So I walked in there and you start talking to people. And one of, this, one of 
the people from the bank said, oh yeah, but uh, these awards are quite important, you know, especially when you want to break into the Asian market, they appreciate extremely awards, especially from the Chamber of Commerce. I thought, wow, that's an idea. Said, okay, thank you. I didn't stay for the speech. I went home and I applied straight away <laughs> to wow. enter the awards. <laughs> and and uh, the fact that I was doing the school for export, I had all my SWOT analyses and my marketing plans and the whole thing. I've done that. So it was quite easy when um, the dragons then were there and they were grilling you. Mm. I went in and I ended up with three awards. Well done. So That's amazing. You see, I did it for, the, for another reason. Yeah. That what, what other companies would do. Yeah. I thought, I okay, that. that's true. I want this award because I want to enter the Asian market. <laughs> <laughs> Your ulterior motive. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And so what advice would you give to, to other women now, um, given your journey and what you've learned along the way, um, to people starting out, you know, and getting stuck in that busyness and, and, and that craziness of thinking, you know, they have to do everything? What would maybe the one or two pieces of advice that you would give um, someone in, in, in that um, time of their life at the moment? I think the most important is to think about yourself, what you want, where to focus on, being busy, 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 and try to be friends with everybody, that will not help. Mm -hmm. um, you have to focus on if you want to climb a mountain, you know where the summit is, you have focus on the summit and enjoy enjoy your journey looking around to the scenery but you still have to focus on the summit and uh, the most important is to believe in yourself and that if you believe in yourself and you see what other people can do you can do it too it can be hard it can be hard work can be a lot of hours but you have to find the skills, the knowledge, and then you have to do your exercises and never give up. Love it. Never give up. That's, that's what brought me to where I am now. Eh? And when something that's really stuck and get, get, get all the negativity out of your life, people who try to bring you down, most of the time they're jealous or they're negative, just leave them. Because with that type of people, eh, they, they come there just to eat away your energy, leave them. It's sometimes mm. difficult. Mm. It's very tempting when somebody comes to ask for help and you put all your time in them and then in another one and another one. But there are people who are just there just to suck you dry. Mm. And that's no help whatsoever. Mm. Just find the right people to work with. Great. That's great advice. I love it. Thank you so much, Ingrid. I've really, really uh, enjoyed speaking to you today and hearing a little bit about your story. It's fascinating and I love what you're doing, you know, about empowering women and teaching them, you know, through the life lessons that you've had. I think that's a really special thing that you're giving back to women. It's really lovely. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Business Connections podcast. If you'd like access to the show notes and other resources,
resources or to find subscription options, you can find us at businessconnectionspodcast.com. The Business Connections Podcast is brought to you by the Experts on Air Podcast Network. 